When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Carr Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you watch it on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can become a member of the show. Go to the Empire Media YouTube page. You'll see the word join on there. And click there. You've got three different levels of membership tiers. Pick one that suits you. Can have, we, as soon as this coaching stuff kind of gets settled, we're going to do a lot of things for you members with, this, with some live stream, uh, private Q&As, some private Zooms for the, for the gold members. But I want to get this coaching situation settled so I can have some good answers for you in those chats. So let's get to that. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. In a minute, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to be joined by my pal, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. And we're going to go over, like, what are the optics of this search? What does it say about this job or about the commanders that they haven't, that they're the last team that has that has um, to hire a coach during this process? Is it are the optics bad? You know, we'll, we'll talk about that. And, you know, and I'll share my thoughts at that time. So don't want to stay on that. But the news of the day, Mike McDonald going to Seattle. Sounds like he's, I mean, I know he's a guy that they liked. It also sounds like that McDonald may have just liked Seattle better for whatever reason. And Seattle certainly seemed to really want him. And it could be as simple as the Seahawks. That's the guy they really wanted. And sometimes, you know, with the commanders, I did not hear, like you heard, Ben Johnson is a is a top candidate, a guy they really liked, and probably a leading candidate. But beyond that, you really didn't hear like, well, this guy was this or this guy was that. So I don't know if the commanders had the same level of affection for him that Seattle did. I'm not saying they didn't. I just don't know that they did. Um, so I don't know that he was a guy that spurned them as much as maybe they really maybe they wanted him, but maybe Seattle just wanted him more and they wanted him more earlier in the process. That could be as well. So. You know, I like I said, I heard that they liked him. Clearly, they liked him because they were still interested in him. The one thing I wonder about him that you'd hear about him is, you know, he's very, very, very good X's and O's guy. Is he the kind of leader that is going to be um, very, very firm in front of the room? That was one of the questions I heard about him, not from somebody with the commanders, but somebody else outside of there. And maybe he is, and maybe he's ready. He could be a very, very good head coach. We don't know. But And I'm not trying to diminish their loss because that's not my job here. But it is something that I did hear about him. However, I did, like I said, I know that they liked him here. So they clearly would have thought that he would be okay in that role. But now what it means is they're down to three. So that's Dan Quinn, Anthony Weaver, and Aaron Glenn. All three have that leadership quality that the commanders said they wanted. So, and, and again, I'm going to get into all this is said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, I just kind of ignore a lot of the noise and I think you should too. And I think I would just kind of get off social media for a while because I don't know that it's a very healthy place 
ever, but certainly not now. Because I just think there's a lot of people with their own little theories and I'll go through them and I'll see them. I'm like, nope, you're way off. And But, you know, people are allowed to have them. So, because that's what makes kind of the sports fun and the NFL fun. But as far as that goes, um, you know, would, would they open the search back up? And Nikki and I talk about this. My little quick answer is, if you if some of these names that you're going to float now, they were available before. Why would they, if they like this group better, group, group of candidates better, why would they then go and talk to four more people? It would have meant that their initial choices were, were off. So if they wanted to wait for a Steve Wilkes or someone like that, why, you know, they could have put their names on the list before. Adam Peters knows Steve Wilkes. He worked in the same organization. If they really wanted him, they could have talked to him and set up those interviews. And it shouldn't matter if like, well, Ben Johnson dropped out. They weren't sitting there. Not everybody was sitting there saying, he is our guy, period. That was Adam Peters. That was their guy. Ben Johnson was a guy they really liked, but it was not a done deal. I don't know how many times that can be said. So please understand that. Doesn't mean you're going to be thrilled with the coach and the job is to be thrilled at the end of December, not in January, February. Or that's what you want is to be thrilled then. Whoever it is, whether it's Weaver or Quinn or Aaron Glenn. But um, it wasn't like they were caught off. I mean, I think they were surprised by it because other people who were close to Johnson were surprised by his decision. But it's not like they said, this is the only guy we're going to go after. And now, now what? Well, you interview these people for a reason. That's the now what? Okay, this guy's not there. What do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? And the one, the other thing I know is it, it was not going to be a decision. Everything I'd heard before Johnson announced his decision was that it was probably going to be the end of the week. So the timetable didn't change. It's not like they're sitting there panicking, like, oh my gosh, they may not have hired anybody anyways until Thursday or Friday. Just understand that. So, and it doesn't mean that they were, maybe they have to think of some over, over some more things because of McDonald leaving Slowick was not going to be the coach. I just, most, more people I talked to felt like he needed another year or two as a coordinator before he was a really strong head coaching candidate. So I don't put him in that same category. Johnson was certainly a guy that they would have been interested in and same with McDonald. Um, so, and I did talk to someone else tonight about, like, I asked him like, Hey, I, you know, I talked about this with Nikki about what you think of the job still He's like, Hey, this is a really good job. And this is somebody who, um, very familiar with what's going on here. So outside of the commanders, but he has a, you know, he certainly has a lot. Um, he certainly knows a lot about this situation. And he even said that he still thinks it's a really good job because of the draft picks, because the new owner, because of the cap space, you add it all up. And, you know, again, you look at Seattle, I mean, Seattle has a lot, Seattle has a lot going for it too. So I don't blame somebody if they picked, if they thought the Seahawks was a little bit better. It's a, you have a great practice facility, you know, it's, they're a little bit further ahead with the roster for sure. It's going to take more work here, but I think the other factors and and I think the patience of the owner are going to be something that will still attract a a, a good situation. Will still make for a good situation in Washington. Um, but you know, it's certainly the optics are tough because you don't want to be the last guy standing. You want to make sure you get a guy, and you don't want to make it look like oh, he's our third choice. But to now, nobody has been offered the position, so. It's hard to say who was a second choice um, or third choice or first. You know, I think Johnson probably would have been the first choice. Still wanted to meet with them, but I think there's I think there's a reason why they had these other guys on the list. And from the start, I think I told you there was not someone who just said 
this is absolutely the number one guy. I think there were people who we'd say like, you like this guy. Sure. It could be Johnson, right? Johnson. But it wasn't like it was so far ahead the way they felt Peters was in the GM candidacy situation. So, and I don't, you know, people talk about Mike Vrabel. I bring this up with Nikki, so I'm going to repeat myself here. So I apologize. But one thing to know with Vrabel, they, they did not want a coach who had, who commanded a lot of power. They want the GM to be the power guy in the football side. And one of the issues that my understanding in Tennessee was there was some, maybe some issues there. So if you know that here, Rand Carthon came from San Francisco where Adam Peters was. I think they may have talked. So, you know, if you know that this is what Vrabel, and Vrabel is a very good coach who had a la tough last couple of years. Um, so in, in a in a division that's, you know, was, well, last year was kind of weak, but, you know, this year was better because of Houston. Jackson was okay, but, it, you know, Indianapolis, sorry. So it was actually a better division this year. So he's a very good coach. I really like the guy as a coach. But if it's not a good power structure setup, it's not going to work. I've seen that play out here time and time again. So I'm not sitting here expecting, oh, will they go to Mike Vrabel? If they wanted Mike Vrabel, they'd have gone to him in the beginning. And if you're Vrabel, you're like, wait a minute, you're wait you were waiting to see what Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald did before you came to me? Get out of here. If you wanted me, you could have come to me in the beginning. That's how I would say too. So anyway. But again, I'm not anticipating that either because, again, these are the coaches they chose at the beginning of this process to go through, and I think they're still going to come out away with one of these guys as a head coach. Could be a curveball, and that's where you say, hey, I'm not involved in the process. Didn't see Joe Gibbs coming back. Didn't see, you know, the Ron Rivera was something that they that Dan Snyder kept quiet. So there's sometimes there's that curveball, but that's not what I've been hearing um, so to date. So we'll see. Um also, I want to, I'm going to do a live stream show when they hire a new coach. Know that. So we'll, as soon as the announcement is made, you can, I'll tweet something out. We'll put a, we'll put a notification on uh, the Empire Media YouTube page. So that way, you know, when it might happen and, and remember, you know, hopefully we can send, you know, you can check back. So I would say after an announcement is made, probably within an hour or so, check the Empire Media YouTube page to see when that live, when I'm going to go live and talk about the new coach hire, whether it's whether it's a therapy Thursday session or not, depending on who's hired. But I would say this, so you can kind of take a deep breath that they are in a better spot because they have a better owner, they have a better power structure set up, they have a, they have a good evaluator in charge. You're going to have to trust that that this is going to go. But the key is here that whoever is hired, whether it's Glenn, Quinn, or Weaver, you have to hire a really good office coordinator, but you have to hire a very, very strong staff. If you don't do that, I don't care who it is. We don't know like what kind of staff McDonald will hire in Seattle or what Johnson would have hired. But these guys, whoever comes in has to hire a good staff. If you don't, it's not going to work. So, and I think having the, a better setup the way they do, I think you're going to have a coach who maybe has a, will have a GM who can help in that process be, so you don't end up with you know 20 people coming from the same organization again. So anyway, that's it for me. Now, here's my conversation with Nikki Javala of The Washington Post. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Nikki, I don't even know where to begin because as we both know, it's been chaotic. First of all, how many stories have you written that probably won't see the light of the day? Um, this week alone, five. So, yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot, but I, I think I'm up to. Oh, it's, it would have been six. Yeah. But while I was preparing a Mike McDonald story, he went to Seattle, so it kind of got me off the hook there. But oh, five and nobody, a half. All right. But but nobody cares. Just for people know, you got to write all these stories. Be prepared. So yeah. that's why you know you're writing all these things just in case. And there's a lot of just in cases here. So let's start with let's start with the the optics of all this. And you know, I think a lot of people are worried how this looks or anything like that. How do you feel the situation looks for them at this point? If they're concerned about the fan perception, it probably it's not great. You know, I I think everybody got so worked up over Ben Johnson, and he was a favorite. There's no doubt, um, but you know, he, he decided to pull out and though everybody kind of wedded themselves to that vision, to that prospect for them to turn to anybody else, really, it probably would have felt like, all right, we're on to plan B, even if that meant Mike McDonald, but Mike Donald, he still has, he's young, had a great defense. He fits the mold of the next up and coming guy. Maybe he's the next Sean McVay, the next superstar. Um, so that, you know, that would have been probably perceived as a great hire, but for whatever reason, it, it wasn't the fit here and he went on. So I think at this point, right or wrong, just the outside view will be perceived as, okay, well now this is on like option number three and what are we doing? Did they bungle this? And, you know, I get, we had this conversation. I, I think depending on the time frame here on out, it could be perceived a number of different ways. My view is, you know, the longer it drags on, is it their admission of, you know, we didn't get the guy we wanted. We're trying to figure out what to do. Um, and again, this is purely perception, not, right. you know, right. reality of their view of things. Um, you know, if they go to say Dan Quinn, you know, Dan Quinn's been available for two weeks. Um, you know, if that was really the guy they wanted, they could have hired him on the spot and chose not to. So you have to factor that in. And, you know, the longer you wait, the more you you kind of wonder, do they open the search back up? Does that mean they don't like or don't really love any of the remaining candidates? So, you know, all these things will be speculated and discussed by fans. You know, I, I get the sense that Josh Harris is the type to kind of sift through the the noise and really go for the guy he thinks is best for for the team so we'll see who they end up with yeah and and you know i'm sure you heard the same stuff it wasn't like i was not anticipating the hire on tuesday or wednesday right so the timing of it i don't know has changed anything because it looks like oh now what do they do but i don't know that it really changed the timing of anything and i guess if we if we hear an announcement on Thursday or Friday, well, that seems to be when a timetable probably was at the beginning of the week, right? And so that's where I don't know. And that's hard to say with someone, you know, we we all know like Johnson was a guy that they were clearly very interested in. And, mm-hmm. and that one surprised them. I don't know that it's like a, oh no, 
what do we do now type of scenario right. as much right. as it was, hey, here's a guy we really like who just told us he right. wants to stay in Detroit. Right, right. You know, and it's, you know, he, it was not a lock. They went into this open-minded, but he was a very, he was a top candidate. So he can be a top candidate and not be a lock. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think by any means they were scrambling after that. Um, you know, they went into this, you know, with a good bit of due diligence and and knowing what the realities were for, for everybody involved. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I figured they would wrap up interviews Tuesday evening and then the timetable there on out could be dictated by competitors too. Right. If you feel, you know, there's, as Josh Harris said in his presser, the good candidates have alternatives and you got to account for that. So if you feel that somebody else is, you know, really taking an interest to the, to the guy you like, you, you got to move quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is where they're at. I still, you know, even though the, the view from the outset was Ben Johnson is a guy, I still think these are very strong candidates. And the reality is we have no idea what Ben Johnson will be like as right. a coach. We have no idea what Mike McDonald right. will be like as a coach. You know, there is a track record of what Dan Quinn has been because he's been in those shoes before. Um, but it's, there's so many unknowns to, to feel any sort of heartbreak as a fan is, is frankly kind of ridiculous in my mind. Well, I'm guessing, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know who these, some of these candidates were a couple of months ago. So, right. and then they become people you can't live without because, and I don't blame them because you hear a lot about them and I'm not, and I know a lot of people would have known Ben Johnson for a while because he was a name last year and McDonald's a good coordinator, but it's, but it becomes a can't live without him. And we don't know what they do. Just like, we don't know that Dan Quinn's second time is going to be better than the first. We right. know he'll learn and have some lessons that he learned. How does he implement them? And so right. if, if that's the guy and it, or if it's Aaron Glenn or, or Anthony Weaver, whomever, we don't know what they're going to do. And, and same with McDonald. I mean, I think it's just like the quarterbacks in this draft, Nikki, like all these guys have really good strengths that it leads you to say like, they could be a good coach. Mm -hmm. And then I think they have some things you would say, like, this is what gives me pause. And this is for all of them. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's the part where it's, that's why like, it's hard to know whomever they hire where were they at on their pecking order? Is it is it a bunch of lined across the top, or was it was right. like was Johnson a little bit ahead, or this? You know what I mean? And then that's right. the hard part to know in all this. Right, right. And I, I, to your point, I think it's very similar to the draft. You know, we get so caught up in names and prospects, and you know, most of the time, there's been very little film watching to know exactly what he is and what he can bring. But that name, the more it's circulated becomes entrenched as sort of a savior right. for any sort of, any sort of franchise. And then when he doesn't pan out, you know, he's, he's deemed a bust. So some of these expectations are not met with reality. Um, but you know, this is, this is something they knew was a possibility. Again, you got to remember the, the, the folks that are a part of this search committee with Washington, you got, two former executives in different leagues and Bob Myers and Rick Spielman. And then you have Josh Harris, who's, who's no stranger to pro sports and dealing with this with time with the devils and the Sixers and his premier league team, uh, Mitch rails, magic Johnson. They've done so many high level hires. They know that there will be twists and turns in the process, no matter what, this is not new to them. Um, so uh, you go into it, of course, with contingencies and, 
you know, who's your one B if your one A is gone and, and things like that. So. Right. And I think, you know, they wanted to meet with Johnson again, clearly, sure. because you and the other thing that we know about here. So I was going to ask you, too, what you what have you have you learned anything throughout this process just about how their process is? Because one of the things we know about Harris, I mean, there is he wants all the information possible yep. before making a decision. And I know there have been other times, Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, they go they went pretty hard and, you know, pretty quick with them. But a lot of times he wants all that information. So what are have you learned anything as this process has gone on just from an observation yeah. standpoint? Um, maybe not learn, but, you know, confirmed, um, you know, what we had seen in his processes elsewhere. Um, I think when he said thorough, but rapid, he was very, uh, that was in regards to the GM search, right. but I think that was a very, that was a very honest <laughs> description of his intent there. But I think, you know, it's sort of the same with the coaching search. They've been hindered in part by the NFL's rules where you can't interview guys at certain times. Um, but I think they have been there. I think the fact that they are willing to bring on outside experts to kind of help them in this process speaks a lot about, to, speaks a lot to, to what kind of owner Josh Harris is, is he wants, like you said, to have all the information he's willing to turn to folks who know more to make sure he gets that information. So I, I think it's different. And I, I got to think when you see Bob Myers or Rick Spielman on the other side of the interview room, it makes you as a candidate. And, you know, I've, of course I've never been in that situation, but I got to think that this sort of gives a view that, okay, this is an owner that is really trying to understand the profession more really wants to, you know, do a thorough job here and, and get as much as he can, because you don't, that's not a typical format usually in NFL. Right certain and, processes and to be transparent nikki they have not talked to me either for an interview with this wow so maybe so, they're not as you know thorough as they say i mean really. don't they don't they know i that i watch film on they monday know. mornings at 6 a.m come on like what are they waiting for grinding grinding I'm, we're we're sports reporters we know everything this we know is, everything oh. so, but i am curious like how you think because i think this also leads because it would the other question you get and i think it's a fair one is how, you know, does this say something about how this job is perceived? And just, yeah. I did talk to someone tonight and I asked them that, and it's somebody who is, you know, clear, you know, very involved in the league and, and all that and understands this situation pretty well. Is like, you're like, no, this is still a really good job. So, yeah, but I'm no, curious, think, like, how do you, what do you think? I agree with that. I mean, I think Seattle is just as appealing to, I mean, look at their facility for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a very good job. And that could be a preference for McDonald over there. I don't think because he chose that, that's a knock on Washington necessarily. And because Ben Johnson decided to stay in Detroit, I don't think that's a knock on what Washington has to offer. That was clearly a personal preference. Like he right. would have, you know, if he's truly going back for the same title and same pay, he would have made more and, you know, had a, opportunity to, to launch to the next level here. That was a personal decision, right? but you know, the, I don't in, in previous years. Yeah. We all yes. know that where Washington stood, but you know, I, I think this year has been more circumstantial with how things have pl uh, played out. Um, and I do think still Washington offers the best opportunity for a head coach, but it does, you know, it does need a lot of work. It's just not like it, it doesn't seem as, I guess, as it did before. Right. Yeah. Cause I think if they had, I mean, here's the other, nobody's been, they haven't, they didn't offer these jobs and were turned down, but it does seem right. like McDonald and Seattle were a, 
you know, they liked each other a lot. Right. right. And, and right. It, it is funny because like going back to Dan Quinn, we're talking about the draft. I think for a lot of fans, Quinn feels like the offensive tackle of the draft where like, well, you know, he's a safe pick because if he doesn't work here, you can push him inside. But he is a guy that has a really good reputation. I know people on who listen to this probably get tired of me talking about this, but it's true. Like everybody I've talked to about him really, really sings his praises. And I can't help what I hear. And, right. and, and but like there are a lot of people who like Aaron Glenn. There are a lot of people like Mike McDonald. Yeah. A lot of people who like Ben Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, and I, I've heard this. I haven't, I've talked to a number of former players, guys that have worked alongside him as assistants, and I haven't heard a bad thing about him. And I honestly think that's important for this team at this time, you know, coming off a of four and 13 season of seven years without a winning record. You know, it's it's not like that locker room was the closest group of all time. I no, don't. This year was not. You know, just because you you want somebody who who can, and I hate to ever say the word the culture word again because I think it was overused. Um, but I I think having somebody who can sort of kind of bring players together, I think that's important for where this franchise is at. You know, you need a good football mind, no doubt, but you need somebody who also I think is experiencing kind of fixing places and he, he does have that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's a huge selling point for him too is yes. He's not, he's not the up and coming hot shot. He's not the sexy hire, but I, he might be sort of what the team needs now. And again, I know people said that about Ron Rivera when he came in, you know, I don't know that anybody saw all the stuff that would happen over the <laughs> three years of his tenure, but I do think, I do think Quinn, if that's who they want, is a very strong football mind, too. I mean, look at what he did with the Cowboys defense. Don't forget about Legion of Boom. I mean, and he can, you know, he's built good staffs before, which I think is incredibly important because if it's him or any other defensive coach, the OC becomes so huge. Right. And he has a track record of building good staff. Listen, those, you know, people talk about the staff in Washington in 2013. That staff in 2016 with Atlanta it was McDaniel, LaFleur, Shanahan. I mean, Raheem was there too. So like yeah. that was a really, so yes. And that's the key. And the funny thing is it was this defense that really struggled in Atlanta more than the offense. Right. And again, I know people keep bringing up the 2.0. I don't view it that way because they're different people. They have yeah, different strengths. They're, they're defensive different. coaches. That's, you know, and they, they were in a super before. I think another difference, again, we don't know if they're going that, if they going to go that way or not. But um, I think the fact that, he wasn't coming from Atlanta. And so you're not going to just try and recreate Atlanta. And I think Ron got in trouble trying to recreate Carolina, but whoever comes here, that aside is you have an owner who's put you in a better spot, but you Mm -hmm. also have a football executive who clearly has the power, the coaches other. So I think that's another difference too, that that is where I think this place has improved. Right. Right. No, I agree. Totally. I I think that siloed structure is important. Um, And I, you know, that was a selling point for Ron to have all control. Um, I know he says now that he really enjoyed just being a coach, but that was a selling point at the time. Um, But live and learn, it didn't work out. Um, And I think it's, you know, sometimes it's really good for the head coach to have that sort of buffer, you know, so you're not, you're not the one answering for every little thing that happens with a franchise. Um, and I also think Adam Peters is just a really good personnel evaluator and they need more of that. 
Yes. And, and I think that's a big key. And the other, the, you know, cause that coach centric thing is, it's a tough model and part, you know, people want to know about Vrabel and all that. And my own belief is, I mean, they did not want the coach to have that kind of power Vrabel in Tennessee. I think there was a, I think that was part of there what was, was going on there. Ownership, and, and keep yeah. in mind that Rand Carthon came from San Francisco and worked with Adam Peters. So right. like, People, you know, they know what what Vrabel would want just based on that experience too. So that's why I don't. But you know, at this point, Nikki, like I'm kind of throwing my hands up in the air, and maybe I'll just start writing stories about like you know if they if they promote you know Tavita Pritchard to head coach or something like that, and just 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 in case because I covered I covered it. yeah I covered the Jim Zorn search, which was you talk about a massive curveball. But yeah. this is not Jim Zorn, and these coaches are better than the ones on, I think, on that list that led to Jim Zorn. So, and I know you weren't here. You're fortunate you didn't go through that. I still have scars from going through that, um, you know. Um, but are there, are there any, like, do, do you come away with, like, lingering questions about anything at this point, in addition, besides just yeah. who is it going to be? Yeah, I mean, if it's, it, like, if it goes – deep into tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to wonder, like, are they opening the search up again? Are they, you know, because if, if you can't decide off the three candidates by then, does that mean you have reservations? Are you, you know, reopening the field and then what, then what's your timetable? And then what does that mean for the rest of the staff? And, you know, if they have found their guy, certainly the questions then for me turn to, all right, who's your OC. That's the most important question after he's hired is, you know, who's going to be the guy leading your next quarterback, you know, calling the shots on the offense and you know there's there's some names out there i think might be possibilities but you know it depends certainly on who the coach is right and i think that's a big thing and that's why man if if they open the search up to me that's the bad look yeah that's not a great sign that means yeah. they, you know and, they didn't and i'm not really saying the, the seven they started with basically. Right. And I'm not even, I don't know that I haven't heard that they are. I don't maybe, yeah, maybe. I, yeah. so they haven't heard that, but if they did that, I think like, cause people keep asking me, you know, we, again, we talk about optics. That would be the tough one because it would have told me that you weren't as prepared for your search as you thought you right. were. And if you had like at the beginning of this, you would hear like, I know you heard the same stuff. Like Peters was the far away, the best candidate with the coaches. It was a, while, while they're definitely Johnson was definitely you know, a preferred candidate. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like there was a runaway candidate and the the pool that I think the feeling was that was deeper than what the GM pool was. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. which is why if you turn away from a Glenn or Dan Quinn or Weaver, then you should have had those other people on your list to begin with. Right. 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 No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's it. That's a tough balance that they're probably navigating now is, you know, when's the right timing? Do we, you know, aside from, you know, making sure you feel really great about the candidate you're, you're going to offer is sort of the timing. But again, I don't, I mean, like you said, I I don't, I don't get the sense that Josh Harris is as concerned with the outside perception as he is with getting the right guy. I would have, you know, other regimes, I think you could say that maybe perception mattered more. I think it did. <laughs> but with this one, I, you know, just looking at his track record, but we'll see. Right. And I think that's the other thing, because he went through the process in Philly. He took mm-hmm. the hard, you know, the hard knocks from yeah. going through that process. I think it kind of like, I think it has, 
I think it steeled him as an owner. I, I, it would me like if you go through that and you take whatever knocks come your way and you can survive that, then I think it shows you that, Hey, your process is your process. And, you know, um, I think (laughs) process there is like culture here. I think the, the buzzword is a little bit. And again, this year it's going to be aligned vision. So, you know, I think um, that's going to be the buzz, the buzz phrase this year. How many times was it said in, in seven? And you, seven, you, yes. you said exactly. that, remember, you said yeah. that, and I went back and double checked, like it was seven. So yeah, that was the buzzword of the day. And was, like, that's been the buzzword for, you know, much of Josh Harris's tenure, aligned vision. Right. So I'm just, but I, I'm hoping for our sake that it ends soon. Um, this is about us, John. It, well, it has us. to be at some <laughs> point. Obviously. How is it not about us? I we deserve this, John. We I thought it was. It I thought it was. And like, like I haven't shaved in a couple of days, although nobody can tell because. It's... I think I can smell you through Zoom. Have you showered recently? Ugh. I did. I actually oh, did before we, before we jumped on here because like, oh, it's it's whatever o'clock and I haven't showered yet, you know? So um, I was happy that I went to the barbershop yesterday in Berryville. I got my ears lowered, but you know, I was like, I was thinking here earlier. I'm like, what day did I go? And anyway, but people don't care. People don't care about us, despite no. the fact that they probably should, because I'm agree. So, yeah. but anyways, we'll see what happens. And I think my sense, my, I don't have any sense. I would think it would be wrapped up by the end of the week, because at this point, it's three people. I hope it's wrapped up by the end of the week. Because then I think that's where, again, the optics start to turn if you don't, because they're like, why aren't you sold on one of these guys? And yeah. what is yeah. it that's holding you back? And, you know, the funny thing is, too, like, it could be as simple as maybe you're talking to somebody and you don't necessarily like their staff that they're suggesting. Are they, you know, you know what I mean? Are you trying to work right. with them? I don't know. Right. And because I know, like, I, I heard what there was one candidate in this coaching search with another team where they didn't like the defensive coordinator this person had suggested. And so he's not on their list. So you don't know all these reasons why, and it could be the staff. And like you said, especially if it's like Glenn or Weaver who they haven't been a head coach. I mean, for all of them, it's a huge, huge hire for all of them. It's a huge, or if you know, their, their current place is trying to keep them and adding in more money or a tag or whatever. So it could be any number. There you go, Nikki. Well, like I said, I hope it's over soon so we can, get some rest and then I can delete about a hundred stories that will never see the light of day. Yeah, so right. thanks a lot for coming on, Nikki. Of course. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Nikki for joining me. And thank you as always for tuning in again. I'm going to do a live stream show on the YouTube channel. So if you listen to this, go to the Empire Media YouTube page within an hour or so after the coach is hired then I'll probably, I'm going to be, you just check that page to see when the show will go live, but I'll tweet it out as well and give you as much notice as I can. Um, but, but I'll go and get on there for about 20 minutes, see what happens. And if not, I'll be back Friday morning. So I'll talk to you next time.